one of the guys I follow, Sean Blanc, and I can't remember the name of the course that he just came out with, but it's, but he had some, some pre-launch material that was fantastic. And one of the practices that he encouraged us to do was to set out our clothes the night before. Hmm. And then when you wake up, you don't have to think, you know, when you're all groggy and, and tired and still, you know, wiping the sleep from your eyes, you don't have to think about, oh, what am I, what am I going to wear today? And it's kind of like your past self is giving your future self a gift. Yeah. And that's the underlying principle of this scheduling ahead thing. Your, your past self is giving your future self the gift of not having to concern themselves with, oh, what am I going to do right now with this time? It's already predetermined for you. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Ben. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Yeah. How about you? I'm doing good. It's been, um, I mean, it was a, it was a stressful week. It's been a wild week. Yeah. And then this morning, it's like the week was already stressful. And then this morning, it's like I decided to turn that up to 10. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It, it, well, it was like the whole week snowballed, sort of. Mm-hmm. We had our boys in an after-school soccer camp this week. Yeah. And I cannot even imagine having to do this every single week, how stressful it would be. Oh, man. Well, and to be fair, it was a four-day thing. Yeah. So they were going every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have six kids. So if each of them had an activity during the week on different days, we would basically be. Well, yeah, it would be every day. Yeah. Like it was this week. I mean, I know terrible. we had an episode about this and now I feel even more strongly about how important it is to limit those activities. Yeah, which is not only were we stressed, but our, but our kids were super stressed yeah, the they whole were. time. Like they had fun, but it was they, you know, this morning nobody wanted to go to school because they were so tired. Mm-hmm. I mean, it knocked all of our routines off. Yeah. So. So don't do what we do. That's that's <laughs> your tip for this episode. Thank you for listening. I'm just kidding. We we actually have more to get into. Yeah. Today's episode is scheduling techniques to free up your time. And I was kind of, uh, and, and we'll get into this more, but I have my own approach to scheduling and you have your own. So I thought it'd be fun to get into a little bit of that as we go through. But one of the, one of the first places uh, that I think of obviously is the schedule itself is how you, how you arrange and come up with your schedule. Mm-hmm. So what happens a lot of times is either folks don't have uh, things scheduled out for themselves. You know, they don't know when they're going to do certain things, but maybe they have a task list or they don't even have a task list. They just kind of have it up in their head. Okay, these are the things that I need to do. And this is some of the specific time that I have set aside for work. And what ends up happening now, I... I want to be careful not to prescribe getting super involved and, and like, you know, to the, to the minute with your schedule. Yeah. Um, although some people need that, but you can get a little bit 
you, you can get obsessed with that to the point where it's actually taking away from your focus. Mm-hmm. But I find for myself that when I have, uh, when I have a vague idea of what I need to be doing, um, my brain does this thing. It kind of, it, it kind of goes on strike mm-hmm. because I haven't told it, okay, this is what we're going to focus on now. So my brain, it's looking at all of the things it's looking at, it's examining all of the projects and it's trying, it's trying to figure out, okay, which of these is the most important, but they all feel urgent. Mm-hmm. They all feel important. They all feel like a priority. And so it goes into panic mode and you can get stuff done. You can still make progress on things, but you're just not as efficient. So, uh, so I wanted to talk about the way I do my schedule and there's no right way for everybody but I wanted to talk about the way I do mine. And then I wanted you to talk about the way you do yours. Yeah, because we do things very differently. Yeah. And I think it has to do with personality types too. Like some people work better with certain things. So Absolutely. So so I'll go through mine. Uh, Basically, where I start is my task list. I use Google Tasks, which is a a free service through Google. Um, I like it a lot just because I... I enjoy the user interface, and I also like um, an app that was developed for it that I can use on my iPad uh, that's got a really great user interface. And it doesn't, it's not as fancy as some of the other paid apps out there, but for my purposes, it, it works really well. So I break things down uh, first by category. So some of my main categories will be personal, you know, things that I need to do around the home. I'll have a category for in the boat with Ben, I'll have a category for my uh, client work. And then I might have a category for uh, stuff that I work on for you, Rachel. Mm-hmm. So I, I have those categories. And then with, uh, and, and those are, those are basically separate lists so that I'm not looking at all of the lists all at once. That would be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Within those lists, then I break out by project and some in my client work, I break it out by client first. So because for any given client, I may have several different projects going on. So here's, here's where, for me, I, ha- I have a really important way of looking at it that helps me to distinguish my projects are things. It's a, it's a noun. It's like, okay, this is, this is a thing that has to be done. Okay. Um, and then I put tasks under that. My tasks are verbs. Mm-hmm. They're things that I can actually take action with. And um, without getting into this too much, I, I sometimes have subtasks. I, I get as granular as I need to in order to be able to make forward motion on any given project. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can let it be nice and broad because I know I'm going to have you know, a large amount of time that I can devote to that specific thing. So anyway, I have that list. And as much as I can, I get all of the stuff out of my head and I put it there so that I don't have to think about it anymore. And this is, this is the really important thing. This is something I learned from Merlin Mann on the Back to Work podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe it was episodes 97, 98, and 99. He talked about this book called Getting Things Done. And uh, by, I, I'm reading that one right now. Yeah, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Mm-hmm. So 
both fantastic resources that that book and that podcast um specifically for scheduling and, and productivity, productivity. Yeah. but one of one of the major ideas is that, is that if you don't have a system that you trust your brain is still going to hold on to that stuff yeah and you're limited in everything that you can do your your ability to make decisions your creativity your ability to handle your kids <laughs> yeah so 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 it's really important whatever whatever it is you decide to use and it takes time to build trust. You know, I mean, it's kind of funny to say this, but whatever program or app or system you use, you kind of have to develop a relationship with. You have to find out what works and what doesn't work. Oh, and you yeah. have to spend some time with it before you get to a place where you really trust it. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for me for a long time. I kept bouncing around to different things because I was like, well, nothing's working. And it wasn't until I realized, no, I've got to develop my trust in this system that I, that I finally started to stick with something for a longer period of time. And over time, I found more and more that I could trust it and my mind was free to not focus on those things and, and focus on the work. Yeah. So I've got my tasks. I, everything's out of my head and, uh, and in my list. And now... I keep my tasks open. I usually have it on my iPad, mm -hmm. just uh, sitting there so I can scroll through them as needed. And then on my calendar, I just pull up my week. And what I have already pre-existing are things that I know I'm doing from week to week. So it's like, you know, getting the boys ready for school and it's the bedtime routine. And I go ahead and put those on the calendar hmm. because then I know that that's not available time. And, and it's silly because you, you could say, well, my head knows that. Well, get that out of your head and put it on the calendar. Then you don't even have to, it doesn't have to take up space. Yeah. Any, any little thing you can do to get it out of your head is going to give you more bandwidth when it comes to doing your work, which will give you greater focus and greater efficiency. Mm -hmm. So any, anything that I can, I go ahead and schedule. And then with the available time that I have left over, I break it out into what I call work blocks. And my work blocks are about an hour and a half mm -hmm. on average. Some of them are an hour depending on where they fit. And this is where it kind of gets fun. I play a little bit of schedule Tetris. Yeah, I do the same thing. Think of it like, um, like packing a, a car for a trip. Mm -hmm. you now you've got a certain number of things that you've got to fit into the car. And if you pack it efficiently, everything fits. If you pack it even more efficiently, everything fits and you've got some extra space. So this is, this is the opportunity for you to kind of move and shift things around. See how you can play around with it to free up some extra time, perhaps. And once I've got all of those blocks, I usually, I think I've got 18 or 19 different blocks then I take my list, I go through my tasks, and I actually assign them to specific blocks. And the great thing about this for me is that when it comes time to work, I don't have to decide, oh, what am I doing now? I don't have to try, my brain doesn't have to try to prioritize or, or see what, uh, what the most important thing is. My brain is free to focus on 
doing the work. Oh, I said, I'm going to do this. Okay. I guess I'm doing that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's how my, that's how my scheduling works. And I set aside, I try to set aside at least one hour per week so I can go through that exercise. Yeah. And there's some things that I've done that have, that have made that more efficient. For example, those work blocks are pretty much the same from week to week. And so I have those as repeating items on my calendar. So I don't have to, I don't have to go in and, and rebuild it every single time. Right. But that time allows me to, if I need to, I can go in and adjust things if I know I've got a meeting coming up. Uh, so so that's, that's one of the ways that you can be a little bit more efficient with your scheduling. I really love the idea of the tasks and the calendar and, and the relationship between those two. Mm-hmm. All right. So what about yours? I mean, I kind of do it the same way, except I don't use any technology for it. I have everything like in a notebook um, where I put down all of my tasks for the week. But I kind of start from the broad, the broad place and then narrow it down to the specific tasks. So at the beginning of my year, I'll kind of map out the whole year and figure out, okay, I know exactly how many words I can write in an hour and a half block. And this is how many words that I want this book to be. And so that's going to take me, you know, a whole two months to write or something. Yeah. That's, you know, there was just a question that came, a question that just came up in the chat that I feel like you're addressing right now, which is great, but I'm going to pull it out. Christopher Stratman asked, how do you handle the humongous never ending projects? Yeah. Repeating spaces for it. So something that you said two months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that to me, something that takes you two months to do feels like it's a pretty humongous project. Yeah. You're a writer. So, I mean, writing a book takes a long time. Yeah. So anyways, please continue. Um, so, so then I, uh, one of the things that I try to do on a daily, ba- not a daily, I'm sorry, on a regular basis, I just did this today, is I do what's called a brain dump. And I'll write, I'll list down everything that needs to be done, either for business, for personal stuff, any of that stuff any of that kind of stuff, because if it's living in my head, it's taking up space. And so my brain dump today was like six pages long (laughs) because there are so many things that need to be done. And so, and a lot of those things are like what Christopher said, kind of never ending projects. And so what I try to do with those things is I have an hour and a half block where I work on those things every single week. And it's just, you know, it feels like you're just chipping away. You're not really going anywhere but any kind of progress is progress. And so that I kind of do the same thing that you do with the Tetris stuff. I know exactly what needs to be done and I know which projects I'm going to be working on. And then I just insert those projects into those um, work blocks so that I have, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing every single day. And so, you know, I keep a, a running list of uh, just the things that I need to be working on for the day but I have a whole schedule that's printed out that'll just say like writing block one for fiction, writing block two for nonfiction, writing block three for fiction finals, you know, as, as opposed to rough draft. So it's very, very detailed, but it helps me to stay on track. And I think the advantage that I have over you is that the stuff that I do is pretty much the same every week. Like I'm not, I'm not doing client work. So, I mean, I have a client right now I'm working with, but, yeah. um, that's, 
that doesn't really have a place in my schedule right now. And so anyway, it's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the things that, and, and I'm going to touch on this a little bit later in the episode, but there's this feeling that I have sometimes that my schedule is running me and mm-hmm. not the other way around. And a lot of that has to do with not being scheduled out far enough. So right now, it, where, I, where I'd like to be yeah. is scheduling out. I would, on, on the Sunday before the week, I'd like to be scheduling the following week. Yeah. I mean, I, I work everything. I do six blogs a week and I do all of them at least a week before. And then I know I have what's called an editorial schedule where I have like the next eight weeks planned for every single one of those blogs. And obviously, you know, if something comes up that is necessary for me to write about, then one of those blogs will be migrated to another space. But, uh, but there's definite value in planning those things in advance because if, if I weren't doing that, I feel like I'd be stressed out all the time. Like, oh my gosh, what am I going to write this week? You know, yeah. when you have like a recurring thing, even if it's just a newsletter or whatever, I feel like there's so much value in brainstorming those things and scheduling them out. Even if you don't write it yet, just knowing what the topic is, is like a huge relief. Yes. Yes, it is. When it, when it comes to the client thing, I think that scheduling out ahead of time is great too, because then it's, when it comes to client work, everything can feel urgent. And some of that has to do with being in scarcity mindset. If you, if you feel like, well, my livelihood depends on me uh, adhering to whatever their schedule needs are, you know, the, the place where you want to be is in a place where you can afford to say, I know that you really want to meet with me this week, but I've already, this, this week's already scheduled. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. You know, so, and we're going to, like I said, we're going to get into that a little bit more, but I, but I feel like that scheduling out as, as far as you can, maybe, maybe two weeks is probably good. I would say three weeks might be pushing it a little bit because then you don't leave as much room for some of the, the yeah, the extreme stuff that might come up. I have experience as an editor in, in the newspaper world, you know, where it was like, we scheduled out features weeks and weeks in advance yeah, because that's how you plan for pictures and all of that. And so I kind of, that's what I bring to the table. (laughs) So we were just as an aside, uh, on the Sean West podcast yesterday, we were kind of chuckling about this because we, we showed up and the topic had to do with building and buying your life in cash. And it, and it had to do with our values around debt and that kind of thing. And, and what was kind of funny was that now on the Sean West Network for all of the shows, we're scheduled out pretty far in advance, mm-hmm. you know, and by, by necessity, because there are a lot of people who are doing different things to make an episode publish. So, so it was funny. Sean said something like, well, thanks past Sean, you know, and, <laughs> but it, it is really this is this is a cool concept for me. One of uh, one of the guys I follow, Sean Blanc, and I can't remember the name of the course that he just came out with, but it's uh, but he had some some pre-launch material that was fantastic. And one of the practices that he encouraged us to do was to set out our clothes the night before. Hmm. And then when you wake up, you don't have to think. You know, when you're all groggy and and tired and still 
you know, wiping the sleep from your eyes. You don't have to think about, oh, what am I, what am I going to wear today? And it's, it's kind of like your past self is giving your future self a gift. Yeah. And that's the underlying principle of this scheduling ahead thing. Your, your past self is giving your future self the gift of not having to concern themselves with, oh, what am I going to do right now with this time? It's already predetermined for you. Well, and when we're, we're, when we're in the moment trying to decide those things, like when it's, when it's five o'clock on Monday and I have to schedule all of my posts for the week or for the following week, I don't want to be thinking about, oh my gosh, what do I need to write? Cause you kind of enter panic mode, you know, yeah. because you know that you've committed to doing those things. And then now suddenly you have to figure out what those things are going to be. So for me, I mean, that's part of my personality too, is that I enjoy planning ahead <laughs> Yeah, Sean uh, Sean Blanc's course is called the Focus Course, and uh, and you can check that out at seanblanc.net. But man, it's it, it it's such a, a an amazing clarity mm-hmm. to be able to show up and and not have to worry about what it is you're going to do. So that's that's probably the the biggest takeaway from that section. All right the uh, the next thing we can do is we can. Find ways to work more efficiently. This is another way that we can free up time. Mm-hmm. When you when you can work more efficiently, um, obviously, th- what we're talking about is uh, focusing and and getting more done in a shorter amount of time. And there's obviously, you know, somewhere there's a ceiling to how quickly you can work. There's there's a ceiling to how quickly you can type. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on the kind of typing you're doing, if you're, if you're just doing a rough draft, you can type faster than if you're doing a final draft and you're doing editing and that kind of thing. So there's definitely a ceiling somewhere, but I always find it helpful to continue asking the question, how can I make my work more efficient so that I can get more done in a shorter amount of time? I I would say that there's a lot of value also in tracking your pr- productivity, I think. So for me, what that looks like, and this might be a more tangible thing for someone like a writer, um, I look at these work blocks that I have and how many words I wrote on a rough draft for a particular project. And then I compare it to last week's and that kind of thing. And what what happened, you know, if, if there were any distractions, if there was something else on my mind. If something had happened that morning that kind of threw off the whole day, yeah, you know, and just tracking those kinds of things so that we know and I guess can plan for those in a better way. Yeah. It's, it's good to know how outside uh, circumstances and events can influence your productivity on a given day. Mm-hmm. Cause it, um, it's, it's really helpful for a person like me to know okay, I'm limited by these things because I tend to be, I'm just a very focused person. Like I would be a workaholic if I could be, you know, if I didn't have kids to kind of set me straight and a husband who's like, Hey, I need some time with you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's really important for us to know what sorts of things can, uh, or where those ceilings exist for us. Yeah. And, and it's difficult sometimes you you don't even know whether or not there is a ceiling for what you're doing. So for the the writing thing, it's a little bit easier because... Yeah, you have a word count that you can look at. Yeah. So 
one of the things that slows me down a lot is when I'm doing a task that seems kind of tedious, Mm -hmm. um, I really thrive on creative stuff. And so when I'm doing something that's creative, um, I can, I, I get into flow and I can really focus. And so one of the tricks that I've, I I don't know, tricks, it's kind of a game that I play with myself when I do those tedious tasks is I time myself, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I try to see, okay, how quickly can I work through this stuff that sucks? (laughs) <laughs> and get to the stuff that I really enjoy doing. And it and it kind of just makes a game out of it. it. It becomes a little bit more fun that way. And no matter what you do, no matter uh, what creative thing you're working on, there's always some aspect of that that's going to be a little bit tedious. And so I, wanna, I want to waste as little time as possible mm-hmm. on the tedious yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. Because those can hijack a whole day. Yeah, and... Uh, Pete in the chat, he said, this sounds a lot like Pomodoro, Pomodoro, Pomodoro. Pomodoro is a, is a technique for timing yourself. I believe, uh, specifically you get 25 minutes of focused work and then you get a five minute break. Yeah. I, I actually time myself for an entire 90 minutes. No, I I know you do more. (laughs) We'll get to that. Okay. It's probably not the way you're supposed to do it, but that's my peak productivity. But this is, it's kind of similar in nature. You're, you're timing yourself and you're kind of racing against yourself to see how quickly you can get stuff done. Not in, not in a way that where you produce sloppy results, but if it's something that you, you know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to nail this. Uh, whether I sit here and yeah. I let it drag on or if I just hustle through it as quickly as possible. I, I would say too, like, um, I think for my personality type, I feel a little bit panicked if there's like this, I, I guess, racing kind of thing. You know, like when I'm when I'm timing myself, I'm not really in the mindset of like seeing how fast I can get it done or racing. It's It's yeah. really just to let me know, okay, it's time to go on to the next project. No, that's, that's definitely good. But I'm just, I'm talking about for, for someone like me who yeah. finds the tedious stuff really I can really see how difficult. it would be, yeah, how it would be helpful. Yeah. And, and the reason that slows me down is because my, it, my brain wants to be more engaged. And because it's not a very interesting and creative task, my brain tends to wonder. Yeah. And so if I, wander. if I keep it, wander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I make it a game, that keeps me a little bit more interested and I can focus yeah, and get it done. Yeah. Another another thing that you can do to be more efficient is to batch certain kinds of work together. So Oh yeah, I do this all the time. Yeah. One one of the ways that I do it with my video stuff is um we have several different things just just between the two of us that we shoot video for. Yeah, every week. And instead of doing that on different nights or whatever we just we can cons- we consolidate all of the shooting we have a friday night date yeah and we record <laughs> yeah and so the main idea here is that for any task regardless of how big or small it is there's always some setup or some ramp up to starting that task and then there's always some cycle down or tear down so with the with the video stuff, it's more tangible because I've got to set up the lights and I've got to set up the tripod and and get everything ready to record. Um, but even even something as simple as 
you know, opening up a program on your computer and making sure your workspace is ready to go. If you have to do that for multiple things at different times and you keep on revisiting the same tasks, but you're having to cycle up and cycle down too often, it takes some of your focus away and it's just not as efficient. And so as much as you can, uh, batching like things together uh, will really help free up some of your time. Yeah. And then finally, uh, you can also work more efficiently. And this is this has to do with, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to give you just an example from some of the work that I do with editing. So for video editing, what I was finding is that I was redoing the same thing. Every time I would start a new project, I would have to pull this file over here and um, and set up the space and make sure these levels were correct. And what I realized after about four or five times of doing this was that I'm just, I'm doing the same work over and over again, and I don't have to. If I actually save a template or at least save an instance of this that I can open, then it's all ready to go. And even if that saves me, you know, one minute, of working time over the course of several weeks of doing this work, that saves me quite a bit of time. Mm -hmm. So that's just one example. There's another program I use called Text Expander. And what Text Expander does is you can program uh, your computer to take some kind of action when you type a certain set of keys. Huh. And for this podcast, we have a newsletter that goes out every week. You can go to intheboatwithben.com. Sign up for the newsletter there. You should do that. Good stuff in there. But, uh, but for, the, for the newsletter, when it goes out, there's a link to the forums where we can discuss specific episodes, uh, the specific episode that went out that week. Mm-hmm. And so one of, the, one of the things I do is I set up that forum post. Every week I do this. Oh, I didn't know you did that. Yeah. And so I have a text expander. It's, it's called a snippet or a macro. And uh, what I can do is I can copy the URL for the episode. And then I type ITB URL. And it pastes the episode with the code wrapping around it. And it adds the extra text that I need. And then it puts the cursor on the spot where all I have to do is type in the episode number, but it does all of this extra work for me. Sure. I could do it. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. I know some, (laughs) some people, some people are like, what? But the, the basic idea is, is that if you do something more than once and there's a way for you to automate that, to make it, to make it happen automatically or to save yourself some time, it's worth spending the time to do that. There are two episodes I want you to go listen to. Uh, SeanWest.com slash 193 is a great episode about automating and, and workflows. And it goes into a lot more detail about this. And then episode 141, SeanWest.com slash 141 is a really good one to uh, check out for batching and, uh, and that kind of thing. So, so go check those out. All right. Now this is this next one kind of has to do with the scheduling stuff, but I felt like it was a really important one to stand alone, and that is 
and it's going to it's going to seem a little bit counterintuitive but to free up more of your time you need to create margin in your schedule you actually need to schedule it i'm really bad about this one yeah so preach it okay <laughs> so margin for those of you who don't know what it is margin is time that you've scheduled that's set aside typically between other scheduled tasks that you've set aside as time where you don't have to do anything. It can be 15 minutes, it can be 30 minutes, it can be an hour if you need to, depending on you know what's on either side of that. But, but the reason it sounds counterintuitive is it's adding something to your schedule that doesn't really seem to serve a purpose which is ultimately taking time away from your ability to do other things. Mm -hmm. The reason I believe so much in margin is when you've got that space, it helps your brain, one, it helps your brain to switch gears a little bit more efficiently between tasks so that you can go into focus mode a lot faster and work more efficiently. Um, Margin also, as a practice, having margin and having space between tasks, it just helps you to have more mental clarity overall. And so that's going to that's gonna help you to be more efficient. And it also, it gives you an excuse to say no, mm-hmm. which is something that we're going we're gonna to talk about here in a little bit. I, would, I want you to talk about margin though and why it's so difficult for you. Well, I think it's because a lot of my tasks are very, very similar. And so I don't need that or I don't feel like I need that time to readjust to a new thing. Uh, and also, okay, so I have I have four 90-minute work blocks that I am able to do every day just because of our schedule. Yeah. So that's like four and a half hours of work. And in order to get the most out of that four and a half hours, I feel like I have to schedule you know, everything. But, but I found also that I can use two of those for writing blocks and then my brain is sort of fried. Yeah. And so I'll use another one of those to just, you know, catch up on business stuff or do some editing, which doesn't require the same kind of attention. I mean, it it requires a different kind of attention than actually creating a story from nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I almost feel like those things are margin time for me because it's not something where I'm like, trying to get the most done in that hour and a half block, you know, but it's something that's just like, I, I have these few tasks that I need to do in these sections and I can kind of take my time with them if I wanted to. So you have fake margin. <laughs> Fargin. I have, I have just, <laughs> no, justified margin. <laughs> I'm not even going to try that. One. But yeah, I mean, it just, it feels like they're, uh, because the time is so limited, it, it feels really hard to build that into it. And, you know, that it would be different if we had kids in childcare and that kind of thing and we didn't split our day down the middle. It would be different for both of us. Yeah. But I feel like the reality of our situation right now, I, I have to use every single minute I get, you know, which is really hard because I go from taking care of the kids in the morning straight into work and then I get to dinner time and I'm like, I just want to go to bed, you know? Yeah. I don't even want to sit down to have a rowdy dinner and <laughs> wrestle kids into bed and all of that, you know? So I, I can definitely see 
the value of margin time where I could just, you know, take a few minutes to do whatever I wanted and, you know. Well, and, and what I think is, what I think is happening when we don't have margin is in those, even, even if you're moving to a task that's unrelated, so you're able to switch gears, but you're, what your what your brain is experiencing is this constant state of being on yeah with without the hope of oh there's this space and and i'm not saying this to make you feel guilty for not having margin but but i i think it's also important to understand the cost of that so yeah. so obviously like there's there's the stress of working nonstop and not taking a break when you don't have margin, if you're not a very disciplined person, sometimes what can happen is it steals your focus because your brain naturally seeks that rest time. It seeks that space. And so you might find it more difficult to stay focused on what you're doing. Your brain might seek out distractions more readily. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but it's, that, it's that constant state of being on. And then you go immediately from... I, I'm, and I'm talking about your schedule now. You go immediately from that and you come downstairs and it's dinner time, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. And then right after dinner time, it's, it's like bath the and, nighttime routine, yeah. which is crazy. And then finally, if the kids don't Stay come to our bed. room five times per minute, yeah. you, you get to sit down and, and read and unwind then. But just the stress of that over that, that sustained period of time not having any rest is costing you in in ways that you're just not aware of yeah i mean i have good anxiety pills but i'm just kidding <laughs> no you're not i actually no, don't take them anymore but i probably should <laughs> who was i ta- oh i was talking to one of our friends the other day and i mentioned because i i went through a little anxiety about last week I can't remember if I mentioned that on the podcast or not. Anyways, they said, they said, yeah, you, you just, all you have to do is go into the doctor and tell them you have six kids. Oh yeah. And they'll give they'll you this be like, sample. Oh, here's, your, here's a sample pack. Here's, the, <laughs> here's your anxiety medicine. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of sad. Eric in the chat said, after the kids are down, quote, finally I can do some stuff and then crash out on the bed. Exactly, yeah. That's that's exactly how it goes, Eric. Eric. uh, Yeah, I usually uh, hide myself away in a book and poor Ben's like, don't you want to talk about today? Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And then, again, what margin can afford us is the ability to say no. And this this is the fun thing. This is what you get to do especially when you scheduled stuff out and you have these places on your calendar where, where you schedule margin, put that on your calendar, you know, put it, maybe put it in a color that's like red, like, okay, you can't touch this. This is, this has got to stay here. Yeah. But, but block it out on your calendar. And in last week's episode, we talked about saying no so that you could accomplish your goals. And and I just want to reinforce this idea almost to the point where I want anytime somebody asks something of you or somebody wants to schedule something with you or somebody wants, uh, somebody's calling you on the phone and your phone is ringing and you look over and, and it's like, oh, somebody's trying to, I almost want for your gut, for your first reaction before you even think about it, 
to be like, no. <laughs> like, oh, can we, do you guys want to go to dinner next month? No. I mean. Oh, come on. I want to, no. I, no. <laughs> I, I almost want that for you because I would rather start with no and work my way to yes mm -hmm. than to start with maybe and then have to work my way to no. That's, that's what I want for you because I want for your time to be protected. Yeah. And we talk about it on the Sean West podcast all the time. The, the best way you can make more time is to say no to things. This week for us is a great example oh, of yeah. what not to do. We said yes to way too many things. Mm -hmm. And they were good things. It was, it was fun letting the boys go to a, so a soccer camp. And yeah. it's, it's going to be fun this weekend going down to help your parents move into their new house. That'll be, that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. But there's no, like, there's no rest time at all. I, I kind of thrive whenever, and, and I, I think this is where I justify the whole margin thing too, is that I intentionally set aside our weekends as a rest time for me. Yeah. Um, and that sort of, I guess, is my margin time, you know, even though that's not exactly what you're talking about. But but whenever we have weekends where it's like we're constantly running, I just I don't do well with those. You know, I, I get to Sunday after church and I'm like, I feel like I just need to be in bed now mm -hmm. for the rest of the day. <laughs> so so exercise that muscle. It's okay to say no. It's, it's even okay to say probably not or I'm not sure, let me get back to you. I think, I think many of us experience this. We have, we have this feeling that when somebody asks something of us, some people don't. Some people are, are completely fine with being like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, why not? I just don't want to. I don't, I can't give you a good reason. I just don't want to. Yeah. I'm not good at that but at some, all. Some of us have this real anxiety where we feel mm -hmm. like, I just oh, don't want people to, to ask. Say, yeah. Yeah. We have to, if they, if they ask, we have to say yes. I, I we, like to be accommodating. We have to at least try. Yeah. We like to be accommodating. And, and the reason I want that so much for you is because I want it for myself. I, I would love for my first response, my first reaction to be like, I don't, I don't think I can. Um, probably not. But if I figure out a way that I can, I'll let you know. Yeah. And this is where it gets out of the realm of being selfish and gets into actually being good for everybody involved. When you say yes to something, you really want to be able to say yes to it. And what happens if you're not good at saying no is that your less holds your yes? Did I say sorry? <laughs> yeah, you your like, yes holds less weight because your less holds yes weight. That too, and, and because because you're overextended, because you can't focus as much as you should, because you're not leaving time to pursue your passion and find fulfillment in that. So, I encourage you not only for yourself to exercise your, your saying no muscle, but also for the sake of the people who you, in the, in the events, the projects, whatever that you will say yes to. Mm 
All right. I wanted to, I, I asked the question in the chat room earlier today, what are some ways that you create extra time in your schedule to pursue your goals? And I got a few good answers I wanted to share. Um, this was actually one of the, one of the first responses we got was from Robert and I totally resonated with this. He said, we have, we've just gotten very good at going into hyper-focus mode when the opportunity presents itself rather than scheduling it in. Now I, I do like scheduling. I'm a big fan of, of scheduling, but I also like the flexibility of this, the kind of the commitment to, okay, when when we have a moment, because kids are such a wild card. That's, oh, what he, yeah. uh -huh. that's what he said before. He said, for us, the kids are such a wild card. Anytime we attempt to schedule effectively, it sometimes feels like they crave routine, but are the first ones to want to break that routine. Don't we know it? They, you, you, you thrive on routine, and yet you get upset with us when we try to keep you in a routine. Mm -hmm. Kids just don't make sense. Yeah. And, Sometimes. you know, I, I, this is why I probably take, I mean, I take a notebook everywhere because if there's a moment at the park where they don't want me to play chase with them or something, you know, I've always got something I can jot down. Yeah. There's always something you can do. Yeah. That's really good. So that, that flexibility is good. I like scheduling as a default, but you know, you can't account for everything. Right. But you decide ahead of time, you say, when I'm, when I have the ability to be focused, when I have the ability to use my time efficiently, I recognize that and, and I do that. I think one of the things that's helped us to uh, being the parents of so many kids is having a weekly, we, I think we, we've talked about this before, but having a weekly scheduling meeting where we tell each other things that are on the horizon. Yeah. So with the kids schools or whatever, if there's something coming up like this next week, we have an early release day. We talk about those kinds of things and how that's going to change up the schedule. Yes. Um, because you know, those things are good to plan for. <laughs> that really does help a lot. Just, just knowing how the various activities throughout the week are going to affect your time. Yeah. Um, Robert brought this in also to, to further, to, to add to what he said before he said, that one of the things that's worked for them in the past is identifying one or two things that you want to work on when an opportunity opens up. Yeah, to I it. totally agree about that. And, and and so you've got your you've got your task list, right? And you've got as many things scheduled out as you uh, as you can. But it might be good to go through and just identify, okay, so so good these things are on the schedule, but if things go crazy and some time opens up, one of the one of the questions you have to ask is how focused can you be with that time you know on a scale of 1 to 10 or or whatever you want to do if you can be fully focused there are certain tasks that you can say okay these are tasks that I can go ahead and do if I if I'm able to get some fully focused time but if you're at the park watching the kids or something you know they're playing you're not you're, you're kind of having to keep an eye on them, but you can't completely focus on something. Yeah. So knowing the level of focus required and what tasks fit into those categories is really helpful. And, and just to have those ready to go in case an opportunity presents itself. I like that tip. Yep. Scott shared that he is a person who loves to maintain a schedule because it keeps him on track 
and he can easily see his progress. But when, I'm, I'm just going to read it as he wrote it, but when we had Maddie, I found that my scheduling got tossed out the window. Yeah, kids can. Well, and especially babies. They're, they're a more, well, I don't know. I don't know that any stage is any different, but babies require a lot more work. Oh, I don't even know if I can say that either. Well, we, it, we have three-year-old twins. It's just different We're in jaded. different stages. <laughs> he said, it was a big change for me, but I've learned to accept it and enjoy my time with my family. Things might have slowed down a little bit, but as Robert Guzzo points out, focusing your time when you have it really helps. So he, he was reinforcing what Robert said, but I also really love what he's saying here. As... As much as we want to try to make our time more efficient and free up our time so that we can pursue our passion, one of the ways that we find fulfillment is in the time that we spend with our family. And when we, when we feel fulfilled in those areas, it helps in uh, when we're approaching our work, it helps us to have more focus and clarity because we're, we're just a more whole person. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a big believer in the relationship that our work and our family and the things that we do to take care of ourselves. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the relationship that those have with each other and how, how they play into one another. So when we have a healthy family life, our work is better. When, when we are working hard and we're doing work that we love and we're finding fulfillment and adding value to the world, um, our family is better for that. Yeah. When we're taking care of ourselves, you know, everything benefits. And so, so it's important to see the relationship between those things and not to try to be more efficient with your time at the expense of taking care of yourself, at the expense of um, spending time with your family. Those are important pieces of that puzzle. Yeah. I wanted to get into a couple of the questions before we close. So one of the questions was from Eric. He asks, do you set a time for you to concentrate on your work? How do you communicate with your family? Especially working at home, there's always a huge chance to get interrupted. How do you let them know that you're working and they should respect that? We have this problem every now and then. Um, we've kind of trained our kids, though, to know when mom is on duty and when dad is on duty. And they know that, I mean, we have a two-story house, so it makes it a little bit easier for us. We hole away in our bedroom and the kids pretty much stay downstairs or go outside, um, those kinds of things. And so that helps out. And I typically wear headphones so that if a kid does walk into the room and they're trying to talk to me, I'm like, I can't hear you. Go yeah. talk to daddy. <laughs> yeah, that really... That does help. Um, we, the, the communication thing and, and just, you know, talking to your family is really important. A few episodes ago, we actually really went into depth on this. And so I'll encourage you to go listen to in the boat with ben.com slash 32. That was how to get your family on board with your dreams. Yeah. It's a great episode to listen to. If you are trying to make more time in your, in your schedule to pursue your dreams, but you feel like your family is just not quite there with you or they don't understand what you're doing. That gives some, some great guidance for um, getting them on board and, and helping them to not just be tolerant of your pursuit, but to be supportive of it. Yeah. There's one more question from Simon. He asks, how do you avoid 
task scheduling overload. Mm-hmm. I have tried to do apps, whiteboards, post-it notes, etc. Each task method seems to be out of favor after a certain number of weeks. Okay. I, I tend to be one who overschedules things because whenever I see a task that needs to be done, I know all of the steps that need to be taken to do it. And it's just a lot of steps. And so something I, I've had to train myself to do this. And that is leaving a task unfinished until I have the next block of time to work on it. And that's really, really hard to train yourself if you have a personality like mine that does not like to leave things unfinished. Yeah. Um, But it's been like one of the best things that I have trained myself to do because the reality is I don't have 12 hours a day to work, you know? And so I have to be okay with leaving emails unsent and in my draft inbox folder for, you know, because I only have 15 minutes a day to work on that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it feels like it leaves a lot undone, but I also have a, a place where I put all of that like in print format so that I remember exactly what it is. It doesn't have to live in my brain. Um, and, and that's just been a helpful thing for me to train myself to be able to just say, okay, this is unfinished. I have no more time to work on it. I need to move on to the next thing now. That's really good. From the standpoint of, and, and this is what, part of what I think was in his question had to do with the, the time set aside to schedule things, you know, like, like that specific time of writing out your tasks and oh, okay. doing your, doing your schedule. Um, though what you, what you said, I think is also really valuable. But I, I've experienced that before where I get so caught up in the building of the schedule. Oh yeah. Where I, you where make, I can spend like two or three hours. <laughs> you annoy me with your scheduling like, sometimes. How are, you, how are you still working on that? <laughs> it's gotta be perfect. Um, yeah. And, and so one, if you're, if you're looking for a system, if you're investigating a system that works for you, there is some time that goes into that. You know, it's, you're not gonna, you're not gonna figure that out overnight. But also, I, I would encourage you not to try to figure that out all at once. It's okay to, it's okay to open up a new scheduling app that you've never used before and give it your best shot, but maybe cut yourself off after a certain amount of time. Say, I'm not allowed to spend more than an hour on this, or I'm not allowed to spend more than 30 minutes on this. And and once you get to that 30 minutes, maybe you've only gotten through Tuesday on your scheduling. <laughs> but that's okay. You're still learning how to use the tools and that's better than not doing anything at all. That's better than stressing yourself out and going overboard. You got to find a you got to find a balance there. I feel like some industries are probably harder to schedule than others. Um Simon said here programming is hard to schedule all tasks and I can totally understand that because you know I know when you've built websites and stuff you meet with resistance that you didn't plan on meeting with yeah and that have nothing to do with families and kids right and and so there is there's some element of the unknown I totally couldn't work in a job like that (laughs) I would be anxious all the time and and so in, in that sense yeah you can't always account for everything that might come up but in 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 another sense sometimes Sometimes your tasks have to be 
more general. Yeah. You could go into subtasks and you could make it, you know, really what I call granular. I mean, think of, think of your project as a mountain. Mm-hmm. Well, if you try to break that mountain up into pieces of sand, yeah, that's going to take you a long time to do. Yeah. But maybe you can break off a boulder and that's enough for you to make progress on it. Because the point, the point of scheduling is not to have a nice looking complete schedule. The point of scheduling is to help you um, make progress on something. Yep. So, so I, I would encourage you to find the balance too between, you know, how specific do you need to get on your tasks and what's good enough to, to give you the, the momentum you need to keep moving forward. Well, I think that about does it for this one. All right. Rachel, where can people go to find us online? In the boat with Ben.com. That's right. Go to in the boat with Ben.com. You can find there all of our podcast episodes. And while you're there, you can also sign up for our newsletter. You sign up for our newsletter. Uh, I'm now weekly sending out a newsletter that's got a brief overview of the, ep- the podcast episode that went out that week with some highlights and a link to the forum if you're a community member, a link to the forum where you can discuss the episode a link to the episode itself so you can listen on the website. And I'm also including a digest of, well, not really a digest because we're doing weekly videos. I'm including a link to the weekly In the Boat with Ben TV episode because we now have, we have a, a weekly show. We just published episode 10. We're in double digits now with nice. that. Yeah, so the In the Boat with Ben TV is a little bit more condensed version of some of the things that we talk about on this show, but you get all of that in the newsletter and a personal message from me. And then, and, but there's more Rachel, there's more, there's more. When you sign up for our newsletter, I'm going to send you a free gift, the five-step checklist to add a weekly guilt-free work block. I'm working on the title to make it shorter, but that's, that's essentially what it is. If you have a, big goal or a dream that you're trying to pursue and you're struggling to find time, you're struggling to, to make that happen. I mean, that's these past episodes are kind of a preview of what that is going to be. But I, I want you to find that time. I want you to be able to set it aside. I want you to be able to de- depend on it. And also while you're spending time working toward your, your goal, not feel guilty, not feel like you're doing that at the expense of your family or other things that you need to take care of. I want you to feel complete freedom with that time and, and have time set aside that you can depend on. So as soon as that's available, I'm sending it out to all of my newsletter subscribers. If you want to find Rachel, she's at racheltolson.com. You can follow her on Twitter at Rachel Tolson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Tolson. Also, I mentioned the community and the newsletter like I said, we have a link to the, to the forum uh, where you can discuss the episodes. The forum is a lot of fun. There, there's a lot of great content in there from our many community members who share work that they're doing. They talk about episodes. Um, they hold each other accountable. There's, there's a lot of great stuff going on in there. And then there's also a community chat 
a place where we actually get to hang out with each other and talk to each other in real time and ask questions and get answers right away. Oh, I got to share this because this just came out today. Go to seanwest.tv slash 163. Sean, in, in his show, he talks about what the community is and all of the great benefits. You should definitely check that out if you're a person who's interested or you're not sure if you have time for it or you're a little bit on the fence. But you're going to get a ton of value out of being a part of the community and it helps make all of the shows on the network possible. So check that out seanwest.com slash community. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Thanks for spending some time with us. We will talk to you next time. See ya. going to say I I got momentarily distracted because I got a notification that all the kids were marked tardy today today and it's like the third day in two weeks that they've been tardy Mm -hmm. to be fair the school moved up the start time five minutes five minutes and five minutes feels like half an hour in a normal person's life yeah in the life of a parent it's like we we finally get used to after you know after the the break and stuff where there's no schedule. Yep. Finally get used to getting them to a place by a certain time. And then they move it five minutes on you. Yep. It's awful. It is awful.